At U.S. Bank, when we say we're in it with you, we mean it. Not just for the good stuff, the grand openings and celebrations, although those are pretty great, but for all the hard work it took to get there. The fine-tuning of goals, the managing of cash and workflows, and decision-making. We're in to help you through all of it. Because together, we're proving day in and day out that there is nothing as powerful as the power of us. Visit usbank.com to get started today. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. Copyright 2024. U.S. Bank. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, this is the third hour of today. Ah, good Monday morning. Welcome to this third hour of today. It's the first of it November. It is the first of it? November. The first of All November. Saints Day. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I uh, hope you had a wonderful Halloween weekend, by the way. This morning, we're actually looking ahead to the next holiday with none other than Ina Garden herself. You sat down with the Barefoot Contessa. I did. We got a brand new podcast. It's mm-hmm. called Cooking Up a Storm. We're talking turkey, and we she shared her best advice for the most important meal of the year. She, I'm not a big mashed potatoes person. Really? She's got this recipe for smashed potatoes mm. that you will want on your Thanksgiving. What's the difference between smashed and just regular mashed? And that's why you're going to watch. Oh, (laughs) that's a tease. Aha! You know that's from? Aha! (laughs) I know that. Aha! Where is that from? Come on, somebody. Oh, from Princess Bride. No! No. Coming to America. America. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, and we have actor Calvin joining us now. Not many other people can say they've broken barriers in Hollywood and then left it for the world of politics only to return again. Ah, yes, from White Castle to the White House. Which is better. I know, right? Such an interesting life, a really, really good book. So this morning he'll be here to talk live um, about the through line that always motivates him. Mm. And guys, we had, it seems like quite the Halloween weekend. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. On our, first of all, the celebration on Friday. Um, but let's talk about what you did over the weekend really quickly. Oh, that's right. We, family costume this year. We were, what are you trying to undersell it? You guys look forward to this, the Melvin family. This has become a thing. It is, it's a thing. We were spiders this year, but this wow. was the first year that Delano decided that he wanted to break off. What so do you mean? He was a spider for an hour or two. And mm-hmm. He wanted to be a ghost. He wants to be his own wow. man? He, yeah. Well, did you, know, there, did there you get those costumes time. on the web? No, my mother-in-law made those. Every? Yeah. Oh, spider. That's spider. Uh, I did. Ha, ha, ha. I did. That's, that's wow. <laughs> right over my head. Called, this is called the International Dad Joke Day. How was your Halloween, sir? Uh, well, thank you very much. I'm here till Thursday. Uh, we did, you know, our, our kids are all grown. So yeah. Nick started handing out candy. We started people 2 o'clock. We two went o'clock. through 2 o'clock. We went through 7 700 full-size candy bars and three bags of the emergency fun size. Wow. Uh, Is that the sign you put up? Deborah found that sign. Out of candy. On the the one side, it says trick-or-treaters welcome. Then when you're out, boom, you turn it around. That's become a thing. Did Nick dress out? No. No, you know, it's funny. There, speaking of new seasons, this was the first year in our house where we weren't all together. Oh. Kyan, my son is 12. He went to go with his friends from school. Oh, the boys, my 12-year-old went off, my 9-year-old went off with his buddies. So it was like we were all on the, in the neighborhood. By the way, Clara's, that, that inflatable dinosaur oh is the best. She was just waddling down the street. There were a lot of inflatable <laughs> costumes this year. There were dinosaurs Ugh. and animals, and so it was a, it was a good, was great. good weekend. We hope you had a good weekend, too. All right, now to the news. A lot to cover this morning, beginning with a COVID vaccine mandate for city workers here in New York. It's going into effect today, and the headline today is that it's creating divisions within the nation's largest firefighting force. So to give you some perspective here, while 91% of city workers are vaccinated for the FDNY, that number is at 75%. And this morning, unvaccinated employees who fail to comply with today's deadline will be put on unpaid leave 
impacting crucial services around the city. And this comes amid news for parents as Pfizer's pediatric vaccine is heading to a final review at the CDC this week. So just 48 hours from now, millions of new doses could be available all over the country for kids ages 5 to 11. Doctors recommending parents sign up for these as soon as possible. And in other health-related news, in a sense, morning, this morning, Queen Elizabeth's doctors are asking her to rest at Windsor Palace for two weeks amid concerns about her health. The 95 now setting her sights on getting better in time for Remembrance Day on November 11th, which, of course, coincides with our Veterans Day, uh, honoring the lives lost in World War I. In her nearly 70-year reign, the Queen's only missed this ceremony a handful of times. Mm. We certainly wish her the best and have to remember this is a 95-year-old woman. Yes. who is quite active yeah. and, uh, you know, deserves the rest and whatever she needs to do to get yes. better. Absolutely. God bless her. We wish her all the best. Mm -hmm. Taking a turn now to a story that we have been following very closely here since 2015. On Thursday, the Justice Department reached an $88 million settlement with the families and survivors of the Charleston Church massacre that took the lives of nine people at Mother Emanuel AME Church in South Carolina Families of victims and survivors sued the FBI for failing to block the sale of the gun that the 21-year-old shooter used that day. The Justice Department, in its statement, said in part, quote, since this tragic shooting, the FBI has worked to strengthen and improve the background check process. NBC News reached out for further comment from the Justice Department. We have not heard back. But one of the survivors, Jennifer Pinckney, she spoke out in a press conference on Thursday about her husband, Reverend Clemente Pinckney who was killed in that attack. Yes, there is a settlement. And, you know, I don't think about that. I think about if I had the opportunity to bring Clemente back, I'd, I'd switch. You can all take the settlement, bring my husband back to me, bring their father back to them. Jennifer and her daughters, Eliana, Milana, and their attorney, Senator Joe Malloy, Join us exclusively on this Monday morning. Good morning to all of you. Good to see you again. It's been a couple of years. Thank you uh, for coming in. I, I just I want to start with what you just said there, that you forget the money. You know, you would much rather have, have your husband back. Uh, here we are six years later. How are you, just first of all, how are you holding up? Um, well, I'm definitely better than what I was th at that time, you know, and so, you know, I just take one day at a time and put God first. Yeah. Yes, definitely. The settlement that was announced on Thursday, does, does it bring any sense of relief? Um, it was a process. Yeah. You know, Gerald Malloy was there from the very beginning, and he did his job, and so, you know, we just, we're grateful, and... We just, like I said, we just take one day at a time and, you know, it's there to, it will be, help us in the future. One of the things that was striking, I saw you guys before we started our, our broadcast here and I walked in the green room and I said, the girls, my God, they're big now. They are. <laughs> they have grown. grown. They they're, have grown. They're like, like women. How, <laughs> how old are you now, Milana? Eliana. Uh, Eliana, how old are you? I'm 17. You're 17. And Milana, how old are you? I'm 12. You're 12. And it's hard to believe, but you were actually in the church, in the study, under the desk that night. Um, the strength that you have found over the past few years, where does that strength come from? Um, well, for me personally, um, I think it's because of, like, the family members that have been with me. They've helped me grow into the person I am today, and I feel like if it wasn't for them, I may not be in the mental state that I am right now because they've just helped me become the person I am. 
Eliana, during that news conference on Thursday, you said, my sister and I are going to go home realizing that the government did not sit in silence. They paid attention and they valued my father's life and the eight others who died. What, what does the, the settlement mean for your father's legacy? Um, my sister says this all the time, but growing up, my dad was always my dad, her husband, um, and such a family guy. And to know that after his death, to be able to see how much he impacted the lives of other people is so meaningful for my sister and I. It, it leaves a large shoe for us to fill. But it also is just so important for me to realize like how many people he impacted, not only my life, but the lives of other people. So much so to the point that after several administrations, the government is still caring about his life and the lives of other people that had passed away that night. So it just really means a lot. I covered your father for a number of years when I worked in South Carolina. And as you sit here and speak, I hear your father. Mm -hmm. it's, it's actually, have you given thought to what you want to be when you grow up? Um, I have. I've given a lot of thought to it. Um, right now, I'm a double major with musical theater and public relations. So Broadway is the goal at the moment. Yeah. Um, but as time goes on, you know, I still have a big passion for social justice and politics. So I don't plan on running for office anytime soon. That's what they always <laughs> say. They always <laughs> say right, that right? Um, until they run. Yeah, definitely not anytime soon. It's not in my 10-year plan. Um, but after I give Broadway a couple of chances, then maybe you'll see my name on an election ballot. Senator Malloy, you've been uh, with this family on this journey from the, from the very beginning as, as the attorney, and more than that, just a, a, a friend. I know you're good friends with the late senator especially. The, the significance of that number, that 88 million, I, I, I think it's probably been lost on a number of folks, but it's not lost on you. No, it, it's not. It's, it's not lost. 88 was the number of bullets that he took into that room that night. He used seven of those magazines. He had 88 inscribed on his, on his shoe. But what it means then is that hate is not going to win. And maybe we can take that number back and it would be something else to end up having 88 to have a different meaning than a race-hating number. Jennifer, the, um, the service, uh, you know, we all remember President Obama at the time singing Amazing Grace, and there was this moment of, of just that great national unity for a while, at least. How do you feel about where we are now as a country with regards to hate and even with regards to a certain extent to perhaps gun control laws? Um, we have a lot of work to do. Um, we're not there yet. Um, there's still so many shootings, killings out there. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you would hope that after something that happened so tragically in, in Charleston that it would open people's eyes. But basically, people, when things happen, people stop, they talk about it, mm -hmm. they say we need to do things, and then it goes right back to what it was before. Well, um, the late senator would be so proud of you and, and his daughters. Uh, people don't know how reluctant you are to, <laughs> to be a public person, but over the last few years, exactly. you've, you've done more to affect change than you probably realize. So good Thank to see you. you. Thank you. And please stop growing up. <laughs> please stop. But it's good to see all of you. Thank you. Senator, thank you as well. Thank you. Um, Al Chanel, back with you guys. Uh, thanks for bringing us that great. interview. Mm -hmm. yeah, thanks so much. And coming up next, expert advice on how to take control of your health and what you can do to start right now. Third hour of today, I'll be right back. Thomas's presents Tackling Traffic with Tom.
Good morrow. Tis your reminder to savour the morning with Thomas's breakfast. And while you may not be able to control what occurs on your commute, like your horse and buggy popping a wheel and axle on the way to the schoolhouse, you can control what you put atop your soft but crunchy bagel and the toastiness of your English muffin. So do take the time to savour the morning with Thomas's. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed welcome back to third hour of today we're going to turn our attention now to health not only is it the first day of november but it's also the first day of movember a month-long movement where men grow out their mustaches facial hair in support of men's health awareness it's just you'll see it all over the place according to the cdc almost 15 percent of men in the u.s over the age of 18 are in fair or poor health so we called on dr cedric mcfadden he's a Board certified colorectal and general surgeon. We called on him for everything that we need to take, everything we need to know, I should say, to take steps toward a healthy future. Good to have you. First time in the Good studio, morning. Dr. Good McFadden. Yeah. Thanks for being here. So there's this survey from the Cleveland Clinic. I'm sure you're familiar with it. It found that 72% of men would apparently rather do household chores, <laughs> like cleaning or, or, or mowing the lawn, than go to the doctor. So why do you think it's so important to shed a, shed a light in November on men's health specifically? Well, the ultimate goal is to allow men to become active participants in their health care. And the challenge we find is that, unlike women, men are less likely to go to the doctor. Even if they fall off a ladder, a man is more likely to give some resistance yeah. to getting some help. And They're walking off. They're walking off. And the problem that creates is it creates a, base, a space where they don't get the preventive care that they need that we know is so important to prevent diseases and to help them be treated more accurately. So on that note, then, let's talk about screenings uh, and medical care that you need, depending on your age and background. So let's start with people uh, who are in their 20s and 30s. For men, where, where should they be? Or what should they be doing? So I like to think of the 20s as a period, just if you get a new car, you're going to do all the right things to make sure that car is running well for the long life of that car. So okay. doing the preventive thing, finding a doctor or medical team that you trust, that will listen to you, and that you can talk to, not just about heart disease and risk factors and immunizations, but about the detail that is sensitive topics, erectile dysfunction, sexually transmitted diseases, creating that team and that pattern of health that you want to continue throughout your life, not mm. smoking, minimal alcohol, exercise. Like and forming a relationship. Absolutely. You want to yeah. date, but really solidify that relationship before you get older. That's good. 
And, and then what about doctors? You get a little bit older. Uh, you know, we're talking, I know, Craig, you're, you, you know, you tragically lost your brother to yeah. colorectal cancer. Uh, as you get into your 40s, what do you need to be looking at? So there are three big tests that you need to be getting in this age group. You know, when you're 45, you do need to be screened for colorectal cancer. That can be with a colonoscopy. That can be with other blood tests or stool-based tests. Also, when you're 50, you need to have the finger in the bottom, and you need to have the blood test, the prostate-specific antigen, or the PSA, looking for prostate cancer. If you're 50 also, if you've been a smoker or you are smoking, you need to have a test for lung cancer. And if there's a family history, these tests may need to be done sooner, especially if you're African-American, the risk is higher. You need to have those tests done as well. Going back to colorectal cancer, and I know that's your specialty, and full disclosure, you knew my brother yes. uh, fairly well. And, and for folks who are watching and listening, if they don't have a family history of colon cancer, at what age should they be getting that colonoscopy? Well, for years it was 50, yeah. but for everyone now, it's 45. We saw a number of younger patients that did not have any family history that were diagnosed with advanced stages of colorectal cancer. And so that scaled back. The United States Preventive Task Force changed those recommendations to 50, I mean yeah. to 45. 45. When, when you look at folks who are 60 uh, or plus, uh, I, I, obviously it's not a secret, had uh, prostate cancer, and I know it's, it, it really affects men, uh, black men, more than, than uh, white men. What should we be doing as far as our base is concerned for post prostate cancer and other screenings to make sure that we're staying healthy? So you're going to continue the same screening that you started earlier on, okay? And you'll continue that past 60, okay? Uh, depending on that age group, we really shift more to the cognitive function, mm -hmm. right? Making sure that we're staying sharp. Most of us think about retirement in this age group, sure. but just because your body's ready to retire, your mind doesn't have to, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to stay sharp. You want to stay engaged with your social groups, interaction, yeah. hobbies, and your families, oh, healthy and wellness. Vaccines are pretty important, too. Oh. Vaccines are important. You know, we get the shingles at 50. We also begin pneumococcal at 65. What about, the, can we bring that full screen back one more time? I just saw something about ab abdominal an aneurysms? Yes, yes. How do you, so how do you look for those? So if, it's, if you've had a history of smoking, oh. you get an ultrasound in your 60s mm. looking for a dilation of this large artery in your body. Oh, or just stop smoking, too. There's definitely that. stop yeah. smoking yeah. earlier than later. Earlier yes. than later. That was great. Thank Dr. Fenn, thank you. Thank you. Good information thank this you. morning. All right, up next, how to host Thanksgiving dinner like I in a garden. She, she told Al, I guess she told you, right? Why? Yes, she did. Her favorite holiday. I'm not going to make that up. And the sweet. <laughs> well, I'm like, why am I reading it? You're right here. <laughs> what is that? Oh, that's a smashed potato. That's right. You're going to find out more about that. Mm, then Cal Penn is joining us live with stories from his incredible and unlikely journey from White Castle to the White House. Who else can say that? We'll be right back. You like White Castle more. I do. Welcome back. Some exciting news for our friend Al. His podcast, Cooking Up a Storm, it just launched today. I haven't listened to it, but the artwork's fantastic. Yeah, our graphics, always, they always do a great job. So Al and a few incredible celebrity chefs, they're looking ahead to Thanksgiving. And to do that, they are deconstructing every part of the traditional meal, one dish at a time. That's right. In each episode, a different chef will walk me through a full Thanksgiving recipe. Then we sit down, chat, and learn more about their traditions. Our first episode with the amazing barefoot contessa, Ina Garden. Here's just a taste of what to expect. I can't imagine this would have happened to you, but have you had anything go wrong? Me? At Thanksgiving? Something go wrong? Yeah. Never happens. No? No.
Is Thanksgiving your favorite holiday? Absolutely. Why? I just like that that it's just a meal, unlike Christmas, which has so much going on. Yeah. It's just your favorite people are invited for dinner, and everything is absolutely delicious. You've hosted Thanksgiving dinners. What's the one thing as host you need to be cognizant of? You've invited people you love. You want to make sure they all have something they love to eat. What I make sure is there's enough for a vegetarian to eat, and so they can pass up the turkey and have everything else. So I just think it's it's important to just make sure everybody's well taken care of without them feeling singled out mm. as like, this is the meal for all of us, and okay. that's what you're going to have. Yeah. And so I think that's really true for any dinner, but particularly Thanksgiving. Especially if you're the host. Yeah, because, I mean, I only invite people I love. I want them to be happy. How do we time it out so that everything comes out at the right time together? I write out a schedule. At 3 o'clock, turn on the oven. Mm-hmm. At 3.30, put the turkey in the oven. At 3.45, turn on the second oven. Um, I literally do when I should start making something and when it should go into the oven, when it should come out. And then I know that everything's done at 7.30 when everybody arrives. So once you've got everything cooked, buffet style or sit down, pass around the dish? I like buffet style Mm -hmm. because I think then everybody gets up and gets what they like and they can pass up what they don't like and then they can come back and they can go have seconds and it's no big deal. When did you realize you had that knack, that certain something to entertain, to to nourish people, to to give them something besides a plain meal. Well, you know, when I was growing up, I wasn't allowed to cook. Wait, what? I wasn't allowed to cook. I wasn't allowed in the kitchen. Why? I don't know. I think my mother just wanted me in my room, and she wanted the kitchen to herself. And so she said, it's your job to study. It's my job to cook and just get out of the kitchen. And I got married when I was 20. And I think that's when I started to think this is what I'd like to, I love cooking. I taught myself how to cook with, as, as you know, the Craig Gladborn's um, New York Times cookbook, and then later Julia Child's Mastering the Art of French Cooking. I think what I was craving as a child is connecting with people, and I felt that if you feed them, they always show up, and you have a good time together. And that was the connection I loved. So I kept doing it over and over again. Jeffrey, hey, look, it's no secret. The, the two of you are, I mean, you, you guys are what... I think all of us try to aspire to. I'm sure people ask you, what's the secret? (laughs) Nora Ephron used to say when people asked her about her um, marriage, she'd say, it's three words. She'd say, marry an Italian. (laughs) And I would say it's two words, marry Jeffrey. I mean, he's just a sweetheart. And yet you say he's not your best sounding board when it comes to food. (laughs) If I ask him if he likes something, he goes, this is the most delicious thing you've ever made. So I don't trust his taste. (laughs) I'm one of these people that when they said, oh, Ina wants to do smashed potatoes because yeah. I'm not a big mashed potato fan. Really? I'm not. I don't know. It's and, a very small circle of one, right? Yes. See, that's, that's fantastic. Good. Thank you. That is really Have good. converted you? Thank See, well, you. Because I've moved from mashed to smashed, you know? <laughs> Us the recipe. I want you to go download the podcast. That's a no, he did. No, he did not. I did. He, he showed it to us. Yeah. Period, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 you've been so, promoting these yes. mashed potatoes. Yes. 
All morning. Yes. And we still yes. get the rest of it. And that's because the podcast is dropped today. I all six episodes. You. you can listen to all six episodes, Cooking Up a Storm, <laughs> right now by scanning the QR code on the screen or wherever you get your, your podcast. <laughs> that's right. I'm mad. No, don't get mad. Just get the podcast. So if I listen to the podcast, I get the recipe? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's right. And there's a video version of it, too, that's which cool. we'll tell you about a little Parmesan. bit later. Parmesan. How do I get the video version? Well, you'll, do, you'll just see. It'll be fantastic. It'll be great. We're <laughs> okay. going to tell you that later this week. All right. This we don't want to give everything away. And by the way, we got Cal Penn waiting. That's Thank true. You. Come on. Cal Penn's waiting. He's, uh, he's going to reveal a new look at his time in Hollywood. Politics. Are you going to read any slower? Come on. Yeah, fast. Speed it up. And then. Jeez. I'm sorry, Cal. Speaking no, of you're books, good. our friend Harlan Coben is here. You he's going to tell us faster? what to read in November. Are you reading a book right now? Look, look at that great suit. Come on. It's Monday. I'm a little slower than you. Wow. We'll be right back. Ooh, that's beyond South yeah, Carolina read. <laughs> This morning, we're catching up with actor, writer, producer, and former White House staffer Cal Penn. Kept us in stitches as Kumar in the Harold and Kumar series, and he dealt with other kind of stitches as Dr. Lawrence Kuttner on the hit medical drama House. Nice to see what you did there. Thank now, you. Cal is opening up about his life in his new memoir. It's called You Can't Be Serious. It's a kind of candid, hilarious, and sometimes trying stories about making it in Hollywood and his stint at the White House. So Cal joins us now to talk about it. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Congratulations on Thank this book. You, you and I Thank were just you. talking about this during the commercial yeah. break. I think I'm so happy you decided to do it. Can you talk a little bit about what, what inspired you to write this? Absolutely. So I've had the, the privilege of this crazy, weird journey. You know, I, I struggled and triumphed in my, my, my favorite line of work, which is acting in Hollywood and making people laugh. Took this crazy break to, to work in D.C. And then finally, I just thought, like, I'd like to write a book for the 20-year-old version of me and for anybody out there who felt like that thing that they wanted to do was too crazy, right? Your parents or community might tell you you shouldn't do that thing. In my case, it was also my guidance counselor who oh, wow. said, you can't have your cake and eat it, too, when mm -hmm. I said I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. And I just thought, well, that's your... A great advice is like mm. trying to discourage the 16 year old. So I thought there are just so many fun stories that I can share about mm. things that I've had the, the chance to experience. And in a way that if I succeed, this book is like having a beer with me. Yeah. Or maybe mm. four beers. Okay. That's, that's, that, that's not bad. We'll take it. So what I find fascinating is that here you are, this young person, you know, you're 16. Your family's not crazy about this idea. Right. Uh, you know, maybe even parts of your culture aren't. You've got uh, high school guidance counselors telling you, no. What? Do you, when you thought about it, what was it that said, you know, I'm going to pursue this. I'm going to push against all odds and keep doing this. So it was two things that happened around the same time. So one was uh, I had not seen people who looked like me on screen growing up. Sure. And it, it's tough to explain to folks if you've seen people who look like you on TV. What it feels the, like. What it feels like, yeah. yeah. It feel, if, when it's absent, it feels like maybe your possibilities in our amazing country are limited somehow. And that's not, you know, that, that shouldn't be true. Right. So the first time I saw people who looked like me who weren't cartoon characters or weren't sort of doing something serious, typical was uh, Mira Nair's film Mississippi Masala with mm. Denzel, one of Denzel's first movies. Mm. And I thought, whoa, these are flawed, incredibly fleshed out characters. Maybe I can do that too. Mm. Around the same time, I was the Tin Man in The Wiz in eighth grade. You're welcome. Uh, you know, I sang Slide Some Oil to Me. <laughs> and I had the first experience of what they call actors being in the zone, uh -huh. where there was a line, all you fine ladies out there, watch out. And I said, all you fine ladies out there, and for some reason did this big pelvic thrust. And then 
then said, watch out. The crowd goes wild. All the kids who used to bully us from the soccer team, that evening they were like, yo, we didn't know that that's what you were doing. That was really funny. Mm -hmm. And so this idea that the magic of changing people's hearts and minds through mm -hmm. comedy was A, something I loved the feeling of, and B, was maybe possible with the work that Mira did. There's the photo from that. Wow, from you have the photo. <laughs> I do have a photo. Amazing. There's actually a clip, too. I, I should Oh, my gosh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. Oh, you're welcome. Right? Now, see, here's the thing. I love perfect segue because yeah. on that note, you take this this kid who has the success in that in his space, and then you go to Hollywood, and yeah. you're ready. Like, Hollywood, here I am. And then you talk very honestly about what it was like. They want you to take either a stereotypical role or just the naysayers even for being in Hollywood. Yeah, you know, just like any anybody in any profession, you're aware of your barriers to entry, and you just want your resume to be the best that it can be. You, you want to do what you love to do. In my case, it's making people laugh. So it wasn't until I got to L.A. and I thought, I'm, I'm at UCLA School of Theater, Film, and Television. I've got all these chops that I'm very proud of. I've worked very hard on. I start going out on auditions, and they, they're telling me things like, uh, hey, where's your turban? I'm like, well, I'm not oh, sick. Geez. I don't have a turban. Mm. And then they would say, well, can you go home and put a bed sheet on your head or something? And I'm like, yo, hold on a second. Uh, you know, auditioning for shows like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, really fun show for kids. But I remember having a, an argument with one of the directors who said, I want you to have an accent. And I said, uh, well, I'd love to do it without an accent mm. because I never got to grow up watching people who look and sound like sure. me. Not that there's anything wrong with an accent. Yeah. but And he goes, uh, you know, well, you should feel lucky that you're allowed to be on a show to begin with. Mm. You're doing the accent. So it was, you know, the early days, yeah. you want to put a credit on your resume. That is how I got my first few So you have to make jobs. choices. But you have to make those tough choices. And I, I talk about it a lot in the mm -hmm. book because the, the silver lining to that, the outcome was getting to work with John Cho making the sure. Harold and Kumar movies that the, the fans were so kind to us with. Talk about a choice. You, you end up taking a sabbatical from Hollywood yeah. to work in the Obama White House. Which is, uh, uh, most people go, what, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I detail this a lot longer than we have time for in the yeah. book. But basically it starts with, my grandparents marched with Gandhi in the Indian independence Amazing. movement. Mm. But when I was seven years old, like, grandma trying to coerce me into eating my vegetables was telling me stories about marching with Gandhi. And the seven-year-old me is like, all right, grandma, here we go again, another story. Not till you get older you realize that's the framework, nonviolent civil disobedience, our mm. own civil rights movement. So when, when I did have the opportunity to, to work on the Obama campaign, this was back in you know, October of 2007, and only because my friend Olivia Wilde knocked on my dressing room door and said, I have a plus one to an Obama event, you wanna come? And I said, nah. Yeah. Uh, and she convinced me, really enjoyed the people I met there, ended up volunteering and, and, and was so inspired that I, yeah. I served for as long as I did. And congratulations. I, I know you just got engaged. We you, did, yeah. Josh and I got engaged. It was actually so, I, I have to say, we got engaged like two years ago. <laughs> but because I tell the story about how we met and how we, we fell in love through NASCAR, which oh, is another unlikely story. <laughs> All the NASCAR fans out there, big. I went camping as a kid a lot. Josh went camping too, even though we have two totally different upbringings. He's from Mississippi. And we realized like, A, never thought thought I'd enjoy NASCAR as much as I do. But B, that, that story of, you know, meeting people from a totally different world yeah. through a shared experience, like like camping so and like good. spending time with family. Um, so yeah, very it's excited. Thank it's you. It's what we yeah. need more Cal of. thank you for coming in. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank now we have you, to read yeah. your book so we can talk to you more. Like Definitely. You said, like no, I hope you, hope you enjoy you. the stories. Hope it makes you laugh. So good. Again, the memoir, it's called You Can't Be Serious and it's in stores tomorrow. So good. All right. Well, speaking of books up next, grab your Halloween candy and get ready to settle in with another good book or actually lots of good books because our pal Harlan Coben rounded up the best reads to dive into. And then later, Chef Laura Vital is, has a Thanksgiving-themed Make Ahead Monday featuring a turkey dinner that also makes amazing leftovers. Mm. We'll be right back. That looks really good. So good. I want that. 
Our buddy Harlan Coben, whose new book, Win, is out now, and he's got the best picks to read this month. Check out all of Harlan's selections. Scan the QR code on your screen. Harlan, good to see you. Good to see you guys. How are you? We're doing good. good. So we're still in the Halloween mood. Yep. You've got a real good one for that. Yes, The Collective. This is a really big, buzzed-about book, The Collective by Allison Galen. It is really, it's gripping, it's suspenseful, it's dark, it's about grief and revenge, and this group of women who get together to sort of express this grief and revenge. Ooh. And a lot of people are talking about this one. It's already sold to a movie and TV series. This is wow. going to be the one you're going to want to want to read first. All right. Wow. About, comes out tomorrow. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, All right. Go. So going from fiction to an inspiring true story, Mark Messier. Uh, yes, the captain of the Rangers. And one of the greatest hockey players, right? Yes. It's a, yeah. it's a sports book. It's a memoir. Um, it's also about leadership. And he's smart enough because Messier is a team player. Let Jimmy yeah. Roberts help him write it. One of our great sports journalists. So overall, this is just perfect for anybody who's a Ranger fan or a sports fan or wants to learn a little bit more about teammates and leadership. I love that. You've got a novel that, interestingly enough, almost combines humor, but but talking about racial injustice, it seems, almost seems like those two wouldn't go hand in hand. Uh, yes. Well, this is uh, the great uh, Louise Erdrich, uh, her new book, The Sentence. The Sentence, okay. Basically, it's a ghost haunting a small Minneapolis independent bookstore, which Louise in real life actually owns. Beautifully written, poignant, dealing with a lot of the racial issues and a lot of the issues that were that we were dealing with in the year. It takes place over the year 2020. Just a terrific read. It also comes out in a week, so it's not out yet, but you can pre-order it from Ooh. your favorite bookstore. I love these books, mm -hmm. even just the covers are beautiful. Isn't that, yeah, it's right? really it's great. So nice. yeah. All right, so next up, you have a pick for those of us who want to be a rock and roll star, I guess. Yeah, maybe? the legend <laughs> Stevie Van Zandt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is well. Look, the man is a you know starts off meeting Bruce as a teenager. This is his whole life story. He does the E Street Band. He does the Sopranos doing Silvio. He does his activism in Sun City. He's such a great, he has such an interesting mind, an yeah. interesting way of putting things. Uh, I read this one like, it was kind of fun. Like he would read bits and then stop, read mm -hmm. bits and then stop because it's just fun to hang. It's like kind of hanging Let with Let it marinate a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Miami Steve, Little Stevie, whatever you want mm -hmm. to call him, get the book. It's great. Uh, like this, this last one's a love letter in a, to the, the Chronicles of Narnia? Yeah, so Patty Callahan wrote this book, Once Upon a Wardrobe. And it's about, it takes place in 1950. It's about a nine-year-old boy who reads The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm -hmm. And his sister goes to the same college as C.S. Lewis, and she's dying. He's dying to know where Narnia came from, though. So the sister asks, and that's what the story ends up being about. It's kind of magical. It's whimsical. It's a love letter to Narnia. It's also about a sister's love. So it's a, it's a, it's, and it's written almost in the same kind of style uh -huh. as cool. Narnia. So this is a really fun one to pick up oh, cool. and give to a friend who loves books. I love it. And so before you leave us, we yes. always like to talk about your own books that come to life on screen. I feel like you have like 89 of them. <laughs> so you have another one that's coming out on New Year's Eve, right, on Netflix? Stay Close is coming out Ooh. on Netflix, eight episodes. Uh, that's one of Al's favorite books of mine. Oh, so my goodness. Thank you. Oh, cannot wait. How yeah. exciting is that? Chris Jumbo starring in it, who's, a ter who's terrific. You remember her from The Good oh, yeah. Wife and mm -hmm. a bunch of other stuff. And Richard Harmitage is back from The Stranger. It's really, I'm really excited about That's this. That's terrific. Amazing. You got it all in there. And it's good that seeing you in studio yeah. again, That's my nice friend. It's nice to be back. That's it's right. nice yeah. to be back. Oh, really well, is. for more, head to today.com slash shop. We also have to mention, That's today right. earns a commission on purchases made through the QR code and on our website. All right. Thank you, Harlan. All right. Next, it's time to eat. Laura in the Kitchen, our pal Laura Vitalis making a smoky citrus turkey breast that's special enough for Thanksgiving, yet easy enough if you want to do it tonight. We'll be right back.
At the UPS Store, we want to make this summer the summer of shipping. Summer Shipalooza. So you can start crossing items off your must-ship list. Like the vintage film camera your college kid needs for class. Or the vase you told your mom you would send her ages ago. And with our pack-and-ship guarantee, your items arrive safe or we reimburse you. So stop by your local store today for everything you need to be unstoppable. Visit the upsstore.com slash guarantee for full details. Available at participating locations. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. AT&T is opening connected learning centers across the country, opening doors for students in need by giving them access to free high-speed internet, computers, and educational resources that can keep them learning. It's just part of our ongoing commitment to help more students stay connected. Because when students stay connected, they get closer to their dreams. To learn more, visit att.com slash connected learning. Welcome back. It's Make Ahead Monday. We've already been talking about Thanksgiving side dishes with Ina Garten. Well, now we've got turkey dinner with a twist. Ah, yes. Created in collaboration with Instagram. We're featuring the best of Instagram food creators to bring you tasty inspiration for the holiday season. So today, we have social media star and host of Laura in the Kitchen, Laura Vitale. She's here with us today. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. It smells incredible. It smells really good here in Studio 1A. And this is a citrus, let me not mess this up, citrus turkey breast. Yes. I like this because let's say you have a smaller turkey. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. gathering. This is sure. a doable thing. Yes. Uh, you know, it's not only doable, but if you're new to cooking Thanksgiving, yeah. you might find a whole turkey just kind of really intimidating. intimidating. Mm-hmm. This is an easy way to go because it ensures that nothing gets overcooked because right. there's nothing cooking at a different temperature. So this Let's is just it. white meat. It's just white meat. So if, if you go to the grocery store, your butcher, what are you going to ask? So for? if you go to the grocery store, and even if you buy a prepackaged turkey, you can give it to your butcher, and your butcher will break it down for you. Like this. Just like that. You want a spatchcock turkey breast just like that, split, just perfect. You take out the backbone. You take out the backbone, save it for stock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Always crucial. And then all I do is I put it on a bed of uh, roast, you know, root vegetables to mm-hmm. roast alongside. Anyone you like? Um, I just do carrots, mm-hmm. onions, celery. Sometimes I'll do leeks, lots of herbs if you want to. Um, and then I'll make a compound butter. The reason why the vegetables are so important is because they're going to impart a lot of flavor right. for the gravy because the gravy kind of all happens in the same pan ah. as well. All in one little pan. All in one little so pan. So you put in some paprika there? So or? I'm doing a stick of butter, mm-hmm. smoked paprika. Oh, I like that. I love yeah. it. With orange and lemon, you have got to just trust me. Mm-hmm. It just kind of wakes everything up you. and gives it so much beautiful flavor. And then lots of herbs, sage, thyme, rosemary, mm-hmm. parsley, all, the stuff. all of the usual suspects yeah. that you would find. You're going to mix that up along with a good pinch of salt and pepper, and okay. it'll look a little something like this. Right. You can make this weeks in advance, mm-hmm. store it in your freezer, and yeah. then just thaw it out to room temperature. Okay. Um, and then you'll do, you'll, what you'll do with that is you'll smear that. Ah, the uh, smear. We'll smear it mm-hmm. right under the skin between the so skin. You make that the little bread. pocket. Yes, kind of? you'll make a little pocket. Mm-hmm. Pretend I'm doing that now. Okay. And you'll smear it under and all over the top. Pour a little bit of water in there, mm-hmm. throw it into a hot oven at 425 for the for first half hour, half hour, and okay. then knock the heat back down to like 350, 375 until it just reaches 170 mm-hmm. degrees. Okay. So then what you do is you'll take whatever renderings you got in your pan, right. you add a little bit of stock to it, mm-hmm. you boil it down until it's a beautiful, thick, gorgeous gravy. Ooh, and try. It is phenomenal. This looks add a little bit of lemon juice to really brighten things up at Look the end this. of your gravy. And what's Citrus. this? You did a stuffing and then outside, I do a obviously. Stuffing, I do a stuffing right alongside. Mm. It's a really classic stuffing. I really enjoy it. A classic mm. stuffing. I don't like anything new. Well, that's but that's good. just me. So then, I, don't, I don't even love turkey, and that's great. That's delicious. You've got some leftovers? So then when you have leftovers, what are you going to mm. do with it? I'm over Thanksgiving flavors by the mm-hmm. next day, so I'm going to make a pozole. 
A pozole is a classic hominy and, and pork stew. We don't have pork, obviously, but we have Thanksgiving turkey. Saute some onions and garlic. Add a little bit of chicken stock. Mm. Add some cumin. Add some Mexican oregano, a couple of bay leaves, and I then what I have here, <laughs> yeah. I have here are some dried chilies that I have rehydrated Ooh. into some boiling water. Puree it. Could you just? Add is it there in. a canned sauce that you could? You can also just add regular chili powder. Okay. How many? Turkey. This. It looks a little something like that. Okay, so you shred your turkey. You shred with your leftover turkey. turkey. You add it in there. You let it boil. I tell you, this is new. Like sometimes people come up like with that. turkey salad or whatever. This is something different. I like something different the next oh, day. It's got to be spicy. It's got to be bold. It has to be smoky. Mm. I don't want it to taste like Thanksgiving turkey. I want it to taste like something totally different. You have succeeded, no. Laura. There we go. Thank Fantastic. you so much. Thank All right. You. Thank you for stopping by. Of course. As I stuff my face. For these <laughs> recipes and more, head to today.com slash food and check out our Instagram page at, at today's show. You'll see more from food creators like Laura. So much more. We'll be right back. Really good. Thank you. Good. So good. We hope you enjoyed the show today. We want to remind you about our special streaming show. It's called Making of Today. We're going to take you behind the scenes on some of our biggest productions, like, of course, how we put together our big production for International Day of the Girl and our favorite chart throb, Steve (laughs) Kaki Kornacki, will show us how he brings his stats to the big board here in Studio 1A. Episode 2 is out today, and you can watch it on today.com slash all day. Coming up tomorrow on the third hour of today, we've got golf champion Bubba Watson. Join us live in studio talking about the highs and lows along his path to greatness coming up next hoda and jenna strap in kids because andy cohen is going to be spilling the tea on his newest housewives franchise his new book and halloween with his son ben we hope you have a terrific day and you'll be back tomorrow have a good day bye-bye at&t is opening connected learning centers across the country opening doors for students in need by giving them access to free high-speed internet, computers, and educational resources that can keep them learning. It's just part of our ongoing commitment to help more students stay connected. Because when students stay connected, they get closer to their dreams. To learn more, visit att.com slash connected learning.